turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Don't play with fire. That is in relationship to Taiwan. Uh, Basically, they're claiming, they told Biden, don't you come over here and visit or start talking about Taiwanese independence. Because if you do, you're playing with fire and you know what happens. Those who play with fire will perish by it. Direct quote. Uh, How does Gordon Chang read that if true? First of all, do you believe it true and accurate or is it hyperbolic? But either way, how do you read them saying that? I think that is the substance of what Xi Jinping told President Biden yesterday. And, you know, the Chinese propagandists might have played up the words a little bit. But if I were President Biden and I heard a threat like that, I'd say this phone call is ended. Matter of fact, I don't think that phone call should have occurred at all because China's been making these threats, especially over the last couple of weeks. And in that type of circumstance, I don't think the president of the United States should talk to someone who is making these public uh, warnings. So um, uh, this was, I think, wrong from the very start, and it didn't get any better during the call, apparently. Do you do you do you think Biden should have had some kind of official response to this statement? I mean, I, it just seems to me, I you know, if I think about Trump. If, if if a statement like that came out of Beijing, Trump would have been on Twitter instantly, probably would have had a press conference of some kind and slapped that down right away. I, or I can't even imagine they would have said it, quite frankly, under Trump. Am I wrong? Yeah, I, I don't think they would have said that under Trump. And the reason is that they were afraid of Trump. Um, you know, it's not like Trump always did things they didn't like. But the thing about Trump was that he was unpredictable and they knew that they didn't own him. And so Beijing always gave him a wide berth, which is the reason why, you know, there was a four years of quiet, not only with the Chinese, but also with the Russians. Um, Under Biden, they know what he's going to do, um, and they think they own him. They they, they have seen for decades, Chris, that the United States is in terminal decline, as they put it. They're wrong, but that's the way they see it. And so, you know, when Biden comes along, fails in Afghanistan, fails in Ukraine, they think, well, he's going to fail in Taiwan as well. We can push the guy around. We can humiliate him in public. And, and Biden just takes it. And, and now we have these reports that um, Biden wants to meet Xi Jinping, um, which probably will occur in November on the sidelines of the G20 in Indonesia. This is just wrong, wrong, wrong. Gordon Chang, Gordon G. Chang on Twitter, the coming collapse of China. I, I've seen you um, very recently, maybe this week on Tucker or last week. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful that both Tucker and I, I saw that Hannity and some others are now covering something you and I have been talking about for a while now. And I know you've been following for quite a while now. And that is China gobbling up a lot of real estate in the United States, specifically real estate, ranches, farmland, acreage around 
sensitive military installations in places like North Dakota, for instance. What's going on there? How do you read that? Or is that just obvious? Yeah, um, in in North Dakota, um, around the Grand Forks Air Force Base within 12 miles, a company from Shandong, a Fufang Group, wants uh, now has bought 300 acres this year, wants to put up a $700 million corn milling plant. And really, this is a national security threat of the first order because all the Chinese have to do is put a few well-disguised passive listening devices in that plant. And, you know, they'll be able to capture really critical uh, satellite uplink and downlink uh, signals because this is a facility where the United States controls drones. It has satellite uh, base station there um, that we should never allow the Chinese to buy the land in the first place. And this is not just an isolated incident. So you can't say, oh, this is a coincidence because we had a retired Chinese military officer buy a lot of land near Laughlin Air Force Base in southern Texas. We also know that the Chinese have installed uh, Huawei equipment, or we've installed Huawei equipment near two very critical Air Force bases, F.E. Warren in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and Maelstrom Air Force Base in Montana, where we have our ground-based, land-based part of our triad, our Minuteman missiles. So we know the Chinese are working very, very hard to to, um, capture these signals, and we've let the door open. But this is our country, Chris. We can close the door. And why we're not doing it is just inexplicable to me. I heard the Oklahoma governor say, I mean, they're, they're buying up tons of Oklahoma land, oddly. Um, but I heard the governor there say that in some cases it's shadow purchasing. Like they, they're not always totally transparent about who's behind the purchases. Is that right? Yeah. Is that your understanding? Right. Yeah. Uh, first of all, um, the Chinese uh, Communist Party, doesn't like a lot of Chinese buying land. And and there are some innocent explanations. You know, Chinese people trying to get their money out of the country. But also, there are, in Oklahoma specifically, there are... Like I've heard, and, and Gordon, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, only to, while we're on this, and you take it away, please, I have heard some of those innocent explanations being, hey, the Chinese just want to start, they want to get in the agriculture game, they want to grow pot. They want to sell pot. They know marijuana has become a thing now, a cultural thing that we can sell in the United States. So that some of it is truly just driven by market force economics, and they just want to get in on the ag action, that some of it is innocuous that way. True or no? Two two things. First of all, uh, the Chinese Communist Party, as a matter of policy, wants to weaken America with drugs. So when Chinese parties grow marijuana on their land, which they often do illegally, I really get concerned. If they want to do it legally, I'm still concerned because of what they're doing with fentanyl and with this overall goal of destroying America. But second of all, while we're talking about land in Oklahoma owned by Chinese, a lot of that land, Chinese parties are buying it up and they're letting it go fallow. They're not growing crops. They're not ranching. And that is a real concern because they're taking land out of productive uses. So even though you have maybe some rich Chinese guy coming over here and saying, I want to buy some land because I want to get a safe asset, they're harming American food production. We need to get the Chinese out of our food cycle until we can figure out what's going on. We don't have a handle on this, Chris, at all. Axios reports 
Earlier in the week, Chinese officials attempted to infiltrate the Fed for over a decade. Uh, They write, Why It Matters, the report, which has received strong pushback from the Fed, calls out a failure to counter a decade-long attempt by Chinese officials to infiltrate the world's most powerful central bank. The findings, however, stop short of saying whether sensitive economic information had been compromised. You can bet that it was, but to what end, Gordon? Well, um, to what end? They want to know what the Fed's going to do, because that's very important for China. For various reasons, China doesn't have an independent monetary policy, very dependent on what the Fed does. And, of course, they're interested in tariffs and other things. And, by the way, I can tell you that not all the Chinese agents have been turfed out of the Fed. And second of all, what is really, you know, I can understand the Chinese trying to penetrate the Fed. Um, What I don't understand is our allowing them to do that. Jerome Powell, Fed chair's huffy response to that Portman report, that's uh, Senator Rob Portman, um, Republican of Ohio. Uh, Jerome Powell's response, which was huffy, really says to me that the Fed is not that interested in turfing out the Chinese. I think that now, you know, either Powell decides he's going to go after the remaining Chinese agents in his institution or we get rid of him and we need a new Fed chair. Is your read, Gordon, overall that we have a president, I've asked you this before, that's just either um, weak or sincerely interested in, um, if not stopping, maybe outright helping the Chinese advance on us a bit? I, it just it feels like there's obvious stuff that could be done that's not happening, much like in our economy and other things. Um, it, it, it's hard to not feel it's purposeful or being allowed or a blind eye is being turned. How do you read it exactly? Is it financial? Yeah, there's so many things going on here. Um, But whatever it is, it is really dangerous to the United States. There is, we know, sensitivity. The president is sensitive about Hunter Biden's foreign dealings because we know he lied about it. That's the voicemail on the laptop from hell. We also know that Biden, for a long, long time, has had these sunny views of China, which are just not consistent with the facts. And, of course, There's this five-decade-long engagement theory that has pervaded Washington um, and has been ideologically held by many people, most people who have determined China policy. So it's not just Biden. But I don't care what the motivation is, whether he's a traitor or whether he is just plain stupid. The point is he's dangerous to us right now because, as you said it perfectly, he is not doing those things that are necessary to protect the American republic from obvious dangers. Yes. Uh, finally, the threat to Pelosi traveling to Taiwan, I thought interesting. Um, I'm not hearing a great deal of consternation from Democrats on that, which, you know, you'd think if their fearless leader, Nancy Pelosi, was threatened by the Chinese for visiting. Um, how should we take that? How should that be dealt with? What should our relationship be with Taiwan? I mean, should we be able to saunter in there as an official delegation anytime we please without worry of being threatened? Absolutely. I mean, this is outrageous that we even take into account the, the, um, the thoughts of a totalitarian state. We're a democracy. We can deal with another democracy. Taiwan's a vibrant democracy. It's vital to American security for many, many reasons. Defending Taiwan is defending America. You know, they're the center of our Western defense perimeter. They are a vibrant democracy while China is attacking our form of government. They make our chips. You know, you put it all together. Taiwan, after the failure in Afghanistan and the failure in Ukraine, Taiwan has become worldwide 
the test, the test of American credibility. Yeah, and now they've passed some legislation, or they think they're going to pass some new legislation to benefit chip making here. Does that uh, make the Chinese quake in their boots? I, I, I say uh, tongue in cheek. Are we going to be able to step up and? I mean, we should. I, I think that's a noble goal. But are we really going to meaningfully manufacture uh, here and be less reliant on the Chinese for things like that? That's a really important uh, question. Um, I think we're making the first steps to doing it. I don't like industrial policy. I specifically don't like the CHIPS Act because Schumer took out that anti-China provision in it, which now will allow American chip makers to make stuff in China with mm. federal money. That's just mm. outrageous. But the point is, uh, the point is, although industrial policy is bad, although the CHIPS Act will waste a lot of money, we are at a critical point where we're not making um, uh, these chips, and we need them for the United States. In a wartime, we won't be able or may not be able to buy them from Taiwan and from Asia. So we need to make, make them here. Now, we could have done better in the CHIPS Act, but at least we're doing something. So uh, we can hold our nose and say, yeah, it was sort of a good thing. But, you know, this is a matter on which reasonable people can disagree. Always a great uh, opportunity then we, when we have uh, to catch up with Gordon Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China and His Perspective, which is excellent like un- none other on the subject of China, at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. Gordon, thanks for your time today. Oh, well, thank you so much, Chris. I really, really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.